Hello, welcome to a new season of Lemoncita. My name is Jenny and here we also have... Kiara. Today we have a special guest and for some people this could be something awesome because music and vinyl records are involved in this talk. Our guest is one of the founders of Peace and Rhythm. He throws us with his endless enthusiasm and knowledge of global funkiness. As a writer and historian, he has informed on many musical subjects from Latin and funk to jazz and punk via the likes of Wax Poetics, his rough guides, overviews, and more. He is the author and curator of Cocinado, 50 years of Latin album cover art. He also regularly spins vinyls as DJ Bongo Head and works in the fields of art and graphic design. His compilation series, The Afro Sound of Colombia, has helped relaunch a worldwide focus on the riches of Colombian music. Today with us in our virtual studio, Pablo Iglesias. Welcome to La Mesita, Pablo. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm fine. I've had my dinner, my, my family's watching a movie, and I'm <laughs> here in my little, you know, inner sanctum with you guys, so I'm, I'm doing good. We were checking all the hard work that you were doing in the music industry. What inspired you to do like what you do today? Well, the first inspiration is my parents. Uh, music was always a part of my growing up. Um, we traveled a lot. Um, my father's uh, Cuban-American um, and my mother was all, spoke Spanish and was in Cuba in the 50s. And then we were in Mexico, Puerto Rico. So. Um, I guess you could say I was sort of biculturally brought up, musically speaking, because um, I heard both uh, Latin music and non-Latin music. And because it was everywhere in the house and, you know, with friends that were musicians, and my dad was involved with um, record industry um, on the side for fun. And my mom was a librarian. My dad was a professor. Um, so there's just a lot of a mixture of music, dancing, singing, listening to the radio, reading about music. And when I was in high school, which is 40 years ago, I used to DJ with two, two tape decks <laughs> um, for high school dances. Um, and I saw the impact that that had on, you know, getting lots of people together and having fun. That was the late 70s, early 80s when um, you know, new wave and punk and disco and early rap, uh, it was all coming together. So there was just a lot of great music. And I came from a town that uh, had a lot of colleges where they had college radio, non-commercial radio. So all of those aspects, you know, from travel to stuff at home to, to school and, and the, you know, area that I lived in, I would say that's, where all those influences that came together and inspired me. I also always loved doing art. And so later when I, when I graduated from college, um, I got into doing graphic design and, you know, music and graphic design are often put together with packaging and how you sell the music and marketing and album cover art, of course, like, it's like a little miniature painting, you know, um, that goes with the music. <laughs> And I came from that era of the 60s and 70s and 80s when the music industry was booming with records. Um, mm -hmm. So my whole experience of music was not just listening to it on the radio, but also handling the records and cassettes and looking at the artwork while I listened to the music, that kind of a thing. So, you know, that's it just kind of evolved over the decades from from playing and listening to the music to then wanting to design it and work with musicians and um 
and also discover old music, you know, that wasn't well known as well as new music. So that's the way that evolved. When it comes to the music, what is the importance of preserving and digging for these unique sounds and cover artworks? Um, it's definitely uh, kind of rescuing things from obscurity, like uh, getting something from the past that people might not know about and sharing it. And I always get so excited and inspired the first time that I hear something or see something that um, really grabs me. So first thing I want to do is share it with somebody else. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so um, it's important to, to educate people Sometimes, like in, in the instance of, of Colombia, um, a, a lot of the young generation in Colombia didn't really know about or wasn't that interested in the music of the parents and grandparents. And, and so people, a lot of people from outside, from Asia, the UK, the United States, what have you, um, started digging into it as an inspiration of, of something new. Um, and then, and now, I think in Colombia, um, a lot of young people are getting into these old sounds, but Colombia has also had an incredible scene for collecting records and studying the his history of music. So I don't know, there's kind of a combination um, of, of, you know, getting really into discovering new things. And then um, also there are certain traditions of, of collecting and stuff that are already out there. So I kind of you know, came into that area between both, between the stuff that I discovered and then seeing these other societies of people that collect and play music. And so in Colombia, there's a whole DJ culture that's been there a long time. So, um, you know, it's, it's a combination, I guess you could say, where that comes from. Um, as a teenager, did it ever cross your mind to be a musical researcher? And what would have been another option if you weren't into music? Um, well, when I was a really little kid, it was all about going to the moon and astronauts and the space race. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're talking late 60s, early 70s. And so as a kid, kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. Um, and I also drew a lot. And so I kind of saw myself as being an, just a visual artist. And I did, you know, study that. And I had, I had maybe about 10 years where I was making art. Um, but it was, I wasn't making enough money to live on. And, and it just seemed really tough. <laughs> so that kind of got morphed into doing graphic design. Um, and along the way, I was doing like decorative painting and murals and, and um, working in museums and galleries and stuff. So, you know, if I hadn't gotten into music and art, maybe I would have been, you know, some kind of explorer of some kind. I don't know. <laughs> hard to say. <laughs> um, so we know times are hard right now, especially during the second wave of COVID. What has been a positive part of all of this and how do you advise people to take action and precautions? Um, I think a positive thing should be that people should recognize um, how much they do have and within their own resources um, that they can rely on themselves to, to get through this. And if they're lucky enough to have some people in their household, you know, it's a time like in my household, I, my, my 
families all together. So we're helping each other and um, you know, trying to stay safe, following all the guidelines. Um, so for me, the silver lining has been because I used to make my living out in the public realm, you know, like doing DJing or working with bands and, and um, visuals for concerts and doing exhibitions and, and traveling a lot. So now that I don't do that, you know, we're coming up on almost a whole year of this. I realized that I saved a lot of money. I saved a lot of travel time and I've just gotten a lot of different work done. I just sort of shifted my workload. So when, when I realized that I wasn't going to be going out all the time, I just said, what are all the projects that I put off over the last five years while I was going out and doing stuff that I really should finish now? And when I'm talking about projects, I mean like research and putting out records and um, writing. And, and so uh, it's been good. I've been, I've been really cooped up inside a lot working on that. Um, but, you know, mental health is, is definitely a really important thing. So I realized I need to be um, really kind to myself and aware of, of, myself as well as others, especially in my family, but also out there. So I do take time out because it's tempting for me just to work, work, work all day long. But I've been taking time out for exercise where I live. I'm lucky that I can go outside, wear my mask um, and go for a walk for, for an hour, you know, and just get through some of those anxieties. Because I mean, I still have in the middle of the night, obviously, you know, go through a lot of fears. You wake up and you think about where the world is going. Um, but I, I do feel like more positive right now. <laughs> I think maybe we're going to get somewhere um, with this new government. And I hope that people are going to understand what they need to do in order to fight this disease. But, you know, there's still a lot of people out there that, that are in denial. And they're holding us back and I feel, I feel really bad about that. So, you know, all I can say is do what you can follow all the guidelines, you know, um, social, be socially distant. Um, we're not getting together with the rest of our family for the holidays this year. We're just keeping it, you know, inside with ourselves, with the, the four of us that are in this little bubble. And, you know, doing things like this <laughs> to reach out to other people, to family members. So that's, yeah, that's pretty much my advice to people is follow what the science says, you know? Mm -hmm. So talking about graphic art, what is your creative process like? So like, how does like an idea come to you? Do you look at other artists and you think, I really like what they did and like, I want to do something similar? What's it like? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination. Um, sometimes a concept for something will just come out of nowhere and in a weird time. So I have to quickly do a sketch or write it down if I'm not at my, you know, desk. Um, other times things will only come together as I work at them. You know, that situation is like, if you have a block of stone and you can kind of see through into the center where the sculpture is going to end up, but you've got to do different um, layers of, of chipping away in order to get 
to the part where you can really fine tune it. So a lot of times I don't really know how a design um, or even a sentence or, or a, an essay is going to go at the very beginning. I know some vague concepts, but as I do it, the process of working through it and fine tuning things and moving things around and, you know, adding things, taking things away. That's really more of how I work. Um, but there are times where I have a total concept right, right from, no, you know, I can't tell where it comes from, <laughs> but um, that's more like when I used to do visual art and I haven't actually done any art art, you know, for a long time. I don't know if you can see over there, there's a painting. It's really teeny on my screen, so I can't tell. But that's an old self-portrait I did like a billion years ago. Um, really and then some of the stuff behind me are things that I've done the graphic design for. But I don't always do the actual artwork. Sometimes I art direct. So when you do art directing, at least for me, that means having a concept but not actually doing the final art you commission it so you know for, for some of these up here um i might have had a vague idea and then said it to the um to the artist and also part of it is picking the artist that you want to work with but other times uh one of the, these are these are some of the records that i've put out on peace and rhythm or with other labels in the case of peace and rhythm it's a collaborative thing because we really love working with the bands or with the musical artists and we feel it's like a partnership and sometimes they've got a whole bunch of stuff already finished maybe they have the music finished or they have the art finished and the music or or other times you know they'll take suggestions and or i'll just do the art so um and and one band was even kind of created because we put out uh this this artist's like one man band demos that had been like in storage and then the music was so great that we were like what if a live band could play this music and so then we worked on um the, the single artists and and peace and rhythm we worked together to like get a concert for this guy to play his music and then he asked some friends to play and they had such a good time that then they formed an actual new band to play that music, but they were having such good time that then they started writing new music. So then they decided they had to name it something different. And then a year later, they put they made a record. We made a record with them. We put out a record. So, you know, that really was a collaborative thing. I mean, it's not always like that, but you know, in many cases, that's the, to me what gives me the most joy is is when I'm collaborating with other people. Um, so, you know, it could be a pretty lonely thing doing art and writing and design because it's all you. Uh, but uh, when you can collaborate, it's it's a lot more like making a movie or something or, or, you know, a video like this where there's a bunch of you collaborating, you know, to do it. And that's more satisfying in a way. So you said you haven't been doing art in a long time, but when you did do art, what is the purpose of your art? And what purpose does it aim for you or anyone who looks at it? The purpose, it couldn't even be described. It was just something that had to get out of me. You know, it was just my way of expressing myself. The purpose back then for me of making art was like living. I mean, that was just my expression, you know, of myself and my ideas. 
And a lot of the stuff that I did was more environmental. It was like uh, installation art, like making some kind of a space and filling it with things. I was really into light and sound and three dimensions and stuff. So even though you saw that one dimensional painting, that's not really like, you know, the final stage where I, um, I thought like I had reached a really cool uh, level for myself was doing like three dimensional stuff and environments and installations. I have always been into the, the idea of ritual and making altars and interacting with the space and how does that environment make you feel and spirituality, um, color, movement, that kind of stuff. You know, that that's kind of the direction that I was heading in, but it just got to be too, um, I don't know, too, too unwieldy, too like big for my abilities the ideas were like impossible to really do i felt and at meantime you know i had a family and i needed to <laughs> pay the bills and stuff and i couldn't so i couldn't really figure out a way to balance all that that's kind of why i stopped that can you talk about like your biggest like opportunity so far like in your career surrounding your work De i definitely think doing a museum a, ser a bunch of different museum exhibitions mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. been probably the, the most exciting um, and best opportunity. Um, I When I did, this is um, the book that we were talking about, Cocinando, mm -hmm. um, with, with all the Latin album cover art. And mm -hmm. when, I, when I did that book, I think I always had the idea of wanting to do um, a show as well, either a gallery or maybe a museum show. But it was pretty hard to convince um, the larger type of institutions at that time, that was around 2005, 2006. Mm -hmm. um, but then after a series of being a consultant on other shows and stuff, um, I was able to get some spaces in New York and do some, some shows that were really close to what I wanted, um, but I still was funding everything myself. Um, mm -hmm. But then from there, um, in academia, I got invited to do a version of those shows at this museum um, at the University of Oregon, um, or Oregon, as they say. And uh, um, that was called Visual Clave, you know, Clave being the beat that's in Latin music. And so it's kind of like, uh, what, what are the elements that m make up Latin culture as shown through the, the window of album cover art? through history. Um, and we had, I had some original artwork that was used for the covers. So it wasn't just the little album covers or the 12 inch album covers. It was also some big paintings and collages and other stuff that was um, the original artwork that was used. So to me, that was like the, the, the biggest um, opportunity, you know, to, to kind of take the book to um, another level. And I'm grateful for that. That was, years ago what are some habits that are good to have in your line of work i think that it takes a lot of discipline when you're self-employed so you really have to um stick to it and try to stay on deadline so one is discipline the second important thing is communication um if you're self-employed mm -hmm. and you're working at home um you've got these clients that you're, that you're working with and you know, you need to understand what they want. They need to understand what you're doing. So it requires patience and a lot of back and forth. 
There just has to be a lot of good communication. And I like to show people the drafts, you know, like the rough draft, the second draft. And I'm all ha I'm happy for any kind of feedback. And so that I know there's a lot of give and take when you're working with a client. You have to be able to, you know, you have to direct them and show them that this is your idea. But at the same time, they're involved and, you know, they're going to have their feedback. So it's, it's a bit of a give and take. I would say you just have to be patient and you have to be able to communicate and you really have to stick to it. And to me, the hardest is not the graphic design. To me, that is fun and easy. It's the writing when I do the writing. And it was funny because when I did this book, they thought at the editors at the place thought, oh, it's just going to be pictures, like a picture book, right? But I, I wanted to do, you know, the sociological study of, of, why these album covers say Latin culture and, and what is the story behind them and the story behind the people that designed them. So I ended up writing a whole bunch of text and they totally freaked out. They were like, oh no, we're going to have to get the text editor too, you know? But that took like a year to write that text and it was very lonely. It was very lonely work writing that. So, you know, you have to have a certain sense of uh, a goal and a drive and and i would say if you dream it could happen then you can make it happen because you have to first have that concept and you have to believe in yourself and you have to suspend your disbelief you know like when it's only a dream you could just put yourself down and say uh, that'll never come to fruition there's no way you're gonna get that done but you have to believe it in order for it to eventually come true even if it doesn't come out exactly how you conceived it because it's like this book and the exhibitions and many of the compilations and records that i've done haven't been exactly the same at the end as the, the concept at the beginning but you know as long as you stick to it you can get some kind of satisfaction i think out of out of finishing it and um so you know just have a dream and and have some drive and some discipline so you own a lot of vinyls. Um, what is your favorite uh, record in your vinyl collection? That's like saying, uh, which is my favorite kid, you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, I know that, uh, you know, I had been asked to bring out some, some covers and stuff that I like, but I ended up having this huge stack because they're all my, my little children and I love each one of them in their own their own way, you know what I mean? Like they just all are different. They're all beautiful and they all deserve my attention and love, you know, like, so I don't know. I don't have a favorite record cover. <laughs> just like I don't have a favorite recording or, or a favorite band or a favorite record label. Someone just asked me today, who's your favorite um, album cover artist, like designer? Mm -hmm. And I said, I could name 10. But there's no way, no way I'm going to choose one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I like modern um, album covers as well. I'm not just like all, all about the retro stuff. Uh, and then I, I kind of get to know some of the designers. Like I'm actually friends with this guy who did this design. The musician is long gone, but the designer is still with us, Charlie Rosario. And this was something he made out of metal and then took a photograph of it. So he was kind of thinking outside the box. Okay, so let's move in into politics. We recently learned that one of the great figures of Latin music, Willie Colon, 
openly expressed himself to be a Republican pro-Trump. What was your reaction and what is your opinion about this? I've always known that, actually. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I talked with Willie very briefly when I was doing my book and I did not get um, the most warm vibe, shall I say, from him about my project. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, I, I just talked to people and, and found out. But hey, everybody is allowed to have their opinion, obviously. I mean, it's like I still am going to love the music as long as the music isn't carrying that same message. You know what I mean? Like the old music that Willie did was, was socially conscious in some ways, um, or at least, you know, some of the lyrics that the singers that worked with him had. And his music was progressive, um, I mean, sonically, you know what I'm saying? It, it was like ahead of its time in some ways. So that, I, I keep that separate in my mind. There's a lot of musicians who are terrible, terrible people, way worse than something to do with politics, right? There are musicians who, who prey on children, you know, but you still might like a song by them, especially if you grew up hearing that song, you didn't find out till later um, that, that they were uh, molesting a child or whatever. So, you know, I try to keep it all in balance. Um, politics is one thing, but art is another. And but when the art and politics are together, well, then okay, you know, we have to talk about that. So this is where the funny and silly questions come in. So okay. if you had a time machine and could escape this pandemic, what would be the time and country to which you would go to, and why? I'd go back to the 1980s when I was young, <laughs> and and uh, if I could if I could have all the knowledge I have now but go back and be like between 15 and 20 years old when there was all this great music and, but I ha would have a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more uh, maturity. I think that would be really cool. So we're coming to the end of the interview and we just wanted to say it was like a really, it was a pleasure talking with you and getting to know a little more about your world. You know, we wish you the best of luck, you know, in 2021, cause I think we all need it. Yeah. <laughs> well, to you guys too. I wish you guys best of luck. 2021, positive mm -hmm. vibes. Hope you guys mm -hmm. also get to get out there and experience the world. And uh, education in person is so much more, more um, you know, <laughs> fruitful and effective. And yeah, yeah, I mean, the whole virtual thing. That's why I, I will leave you with this note. I got invited to do a lot of virtual performance type things. Um, I just, I don't know. I didn't want to do it. I'm old school. Like I don't play digital either. I, I only play records, not because records are better, but because I'm at the point where I only want to DJ what I want to DJ. And I don't take things just to take gigs. I do what I want to do and where I want to do. It's like that with, with um, during COVID. I just, to me, performing online, I mean, yeah, sometimes there, it's fun and good, but I don't want to perform online because I think it would be boring for people to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so where can we find more information about you? The CIA, the FBI. <laughs> they probably have files on me. Um, but, uh, but about me, I don't know. But, but the record label, if you want to check out Peace and Rhythm, dot com mm -hmm. 
and there's some blogs you know i used to write a blog but it was it was really nerdy about music and stuff and, and then i <laughs> i stopped <laughs> uh thank you guys so much for listening to on loop and radio and to those who are watching us on our youtube channel my name is kiara and jenny we wish you a happy holidays and stay safe and healthy Thank you.